Alrighty, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Snakes on the Diamond, featuring me and Wes. So we get before before we get into uh, well, apparently tw Twitter doesn't want to work today. But anyway. X, it's called X now, Michael, and happy birthday. Yeah, it's called X. Say, it's my birthday today, so you are now officially obligated to hit that subscribe button for my birthday. So give me a nice, it's like, so you got- Leave so comments. Yeah. Wish Michael yeah. happy birthday. It helps us. It doesn't take much work to say happy birthday, even if it's not today. Even if you're watching this from a year now, wish Michael happy birthday. Yeah. I'll see it in my notifications. <laughs> That's okay. More notifications is a good thing. But, uh, so yeah, so- it's like the best birthday present you can give me is hit that subscribe button, leave a like, comment, happy birthday out in the ch either in the chat or on the uh, comments of the re of the uh, stream replay. But anyways, today we're going to talk about another milestone with the Diamondbacks in regards to Slade Ciccone making his Major League debut yesterday. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about another... Uh, frustrating loss to the San Francisco Giants, and then we're gonna try and uh, forge ahead. Kind of what this is this trying to uh, decide whether or not this team is cooked for the year, and then finish off with a bit of a preview of today's series finale and see if the Dimex can salvage a split despite being severely outplayed for the entire series. Full disclosure: I did not watch yesterday's game. I been sick the last three days. I apologize for my absence to everyone who is, cares about my opinion, I guess. Um, I have looked, I mean, that was a disappointing loss looking at the play-by-play -play in the box score in last night's game. Um, like, that's a really impressive debut by Chaconi. Like, I, I'm, ha I'm happy with that. D-backs fans should be happy with that, even if it didn't go the way that they'd like. Yeah, I was I was expecting him to get hit hard because he was, he was struggling to throw strikes with his secondary stuff, and he was throwing his fastball over the plate quite a bit. Yeah, so I was expecting to give up. Well, he they did catch on to him in that fifth inning, but uh, which is why they scored two runs off of him because was he started the inning was like single, triple off the right field wall, and then another single, and then he got a double play on another hard hit ball, and that was it. I mean, it him. really wasn't. It wasn't that bad. I mean, four hits in uh, uh, four and a third inning, like that's or four and two thirds innings. That's like pretty good. Honestly, I we've seen him in Reno get lit up or like, just not have the command, not, you know, but um, I'm, I'm happy with that. Even if it didn't end the best, like that's the first three inning, four innings of the game. He was doing really well. So um, I don't really, I'm surprised that he had such a solid debut. No, no knock on his ability. He actually did, like one of the more like raw, best raw talents in triple a right now, or, you know, previously in triple a, um, like I was discussing earlier uh, this morning with you, I think that this transition from pitching in Reno to and to you know sea level is a challenge because it's like it, your pitches aren't going to break the same way. They're not going to like the grip feels different. It's uh, just like you know having your having your your breaking pitches actually break. That, that's new. Yeah, I mean it's very dry air up there. Um, I don't know if they. I don't think do they. I think they use a humidor there, but still like it, it is such a like dry mountain air, like, it, like between the altitude and uh, low humidity, it really can make it. It's a challenge to pitch there. So um, I think there's going to be adjustment. I think it's going to take them like, you know, probably a couple starts to get 
really fully adjusted to like actually having his pitch work. Um, but that's a solid debut, regardless. I don't like I've seen some of the 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 hate on that from Diamondbacks fans uh, on social media and Snake Pit, and it's like wow, um, we've seen much worse debuts. That's really my point. And when the Padres are the opposing team, we see much better debuts. Of course, I joke. Yeah. Uh, last, there's a pretty interesting history of D-backs pitchers that made their first career start against San Diego. I mentioned yeah. That. I think I mentioned that in a gallery when, we're, when Jameson made his debut and shut them down for seven innings. But like I said, the thing I wanted to see from Ciccone is his, his fastball was playable at the big leagues. It looks to be the case. Obviously, we need to see more. But he was throwing fastballs down the chute to the Giants, and they were hitting him straight up in the air. Well, not like straight up, but fastballs, up, yeah. they were hitting lazy fly balls. It says they're like they're they're missing on the fastball, certainly. So I'm so, uh, yeah, it's playable. So I'm thinking maybe perhaps the pitch has a lot more ride than we anticipated. Maybe if the fastball has more ride, more carry on it, late movement at the end, yeah, it plays. And that's kind of the yeah. thing that we did haven't seen with Brandon Fott. He looks like a different pitcher to me than he did last year, Brandon Fott. Like, he really, if you look at his stats last season, they're insane if you consider the environments that he pitched in. Yeah, although Fott did have the uh, home run problem last year, although. Who doesn't in Amarillo and Reno? in those ballparks? Yeah, uh, and, you know, like we we discussed it before, like that does the PCL and uh, the Texas League have other ballparks that are not, particularly pitcher friendly and the fact that he dominated that level i think i uh, i don't know if we really should have uh, expected that level of dominance at the major league level with thought um i think as we can tell like the results that you have in, in the minors versus uh in the major leagues are not necessarily like a straight one-to-one correlation between how a guy does in the minors how a guy does in the majors because i uh, with Fa, he has such great control and command of his breaking pitches that like a lot of minor leaguers really struggle with that. That's why they're in the minor league, especially career minor leaguers. Yeah, they can hit the fastball, but can they hit a you know breaking pitch that's you know just just gets the corner? No, not not usually. So um a major league hitter can do more with that. And I think that's part of the problem. If you don't have the stuff, like in terms of fastball velocity, it's it's gonna be an issue. Uh what do you know why uh Ciccone was topping out that last night? Like I think the I'm gonna see if the hardest velocity I think the hardest velocity ring I saw on the screen was 96. That's that's better. That's like three miles, three or four. Is it like two or three better than five? I know five was like topping out like 93, 94. I don't think he said yeah, 94. Average 93, three. Is uh, took a look. So I think Sacconi his fastball obviously has some arms. His fastball has arm side run. To it, so there's movement on the pitch, and that's due to and his active spin rate is at 99%. So he's getting a lot of move. He's getting a lot of movement on his pitches, and it's based on the release, obviously, and the way he kind of opens up. The ball is going to have a lot of late arm side run. That's not necessarily a bad thing, because yeah, it against if he misses away, if he misses arm side, if he goes arm side with that pitch, it's coming, it's going away from the barrel. But if he makes a mistake yeah. on the uh, glove side of the play, he's going to get hit. That's yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I see. Yeah, I I can see the same thing. 
So the decision to pull Slade after facing the lineup twice, um, how much how much do you think that goes? I don't really – I get avoiding them, like, a third time through, like, letting players get a third time, you know, looking at a pitcher. But it really didn't seem – like, I didn't know how he looked in the fifth inning. Um, like, I don't really – like, all I know is, like, the runs in the first inning, and then he looked great after that. Um so I said full disclosure. Didn't actually watch the game last night, but uh, I did. I did at least read the box score. There were some at bats where he was yanking pitches. I think you know the first two at bats to Conforto he was yanking pitches. I think it's a case where you really can't read too much into what went on because it's his first start. Let's see what what he looks it's like. In the definition, it's the definition of small sample size. We talk about that a lot. Like you cannot base one game's performance. Like, you can't extrapolate from that. There's no – you just can't. Unless the guy's like, oh, he throws 105 and can hit the plate and paint the corners. Like, yeah, okay, you bet that guy is going to do real well at major league level. But there's still always questions of health and things like that. So you really don't know. Um, I like his debut. I think he's a promising future in the rotation. I think he'll stick it. Like, we earlier in his uh, career, we were talking about he might end up as a relief pitcher. Um I don't really see that now. If you're confident that fastball plays, that gives him three legitimate pitches, fastball, curveball, slider. And his curveball is more of a 12-6 shape, so it's not necessarily going to lead. It's a pitch that you can use against lefties to throw it away and just try and go pitch away from lefties and just try try and pepper that outside edge edge to them. And then his fastball, obviously, against lefties, he's probably going to be attacking them away away with the fastball curveball and you go to the back foot on the slider. Although I do think he needs to pitch a few inside fastballs to get him off the slider when the ball's coming in. Yeah, I think, I think and, we're going to really that arm side running gets at the end. Start that right off the front hip. Get some called strikes. It's, I uh, think the potential is there for him to develop into a much better pitcher than uh, some of the other guys that have been called up over the I last guess. couple of years. Like, I think he has the, Outside of Dre Jameson, I think he has uh, the highest ceiling. Uh, Jameson, we won't get into that, but Jaconi, uh, of all the guys we've called up you know, recently, he certainly has like probably the highest ceiling in my opinion. How do you feel about his ceiling long-term? I feel like if Sakoni develops a pretty good change-up, we're talking about a number two. We're talking about a guy who's a potential top-of-the-rotation starter. I, if he has four, four better or average or better pitches and he's already – that would grade the fastball and sliders plus pitches right now. Yeah. Perhaps. Like I said, yeah, the, I mean, it's, the potential's enough. there. The potential is there, certainly, just from like his velocity, uh, the pitches he has now. Yeah, if he can develop one more solid pitch, he's the top of the rotation starter potentially. I don't think he'll reach that ceiling. I'd see more uh middle rotation. Like if we're yeah, I mean I I if we're gonna put him compare him to like his peak, like a Merrill Kelly or, uh, or gallon, I would expect his performance to be somewhere in between there. So like a number two, number three starter, not necessarily like on the higher end of the middle rotation starters necessarily than, you know, like literally like middle of the order kind of, or middle of the rotation kind of guy, you know, like, um, I think like, a, I can't really think of like good, like just want to compare him to, uh, in terms of like this, like I think he's got better stuff than Merrill Kelly. I'm not yeah. sure about Gallon because Gallon's got Gallon can throw a four seam fastball down the middle and not get hit hard. 
not necessarily get hit hard, although Sakoni certainly didn't get hit hard doing that last night. But, I, well, like I said, the movement profile, he, it misses. if he misses out over the plate, misses more arm side, like I said, with the fastball, I think he's going to get away with it a little bit more because of the late movement going away from the bat, pat, uh, going away from the barrel, no matter who's at the plate because it's coming in on a right-handed hitter and it's going away from the barrel. It's going towards the end of the bat to a left-handed hitter and it's coming towards the hands for a right-handed hitter. Like I said, I think we're gonna see better. We're gonna see better command and a better ability to land secondary stuff as he get as he gets more comfortable in MLB. Like I said, his fastball looks like it plays, and he's gonna have yeah. a better command, better feel for his sec his other stuff. Like I said, he threw some. Um, very yeah, bad so going players. back, getting back to last night's game. Like I mean, looking at a t- obviously Tyler Gilbert had a rough. Rough outing. Um, rough inning. I put or that. Like tell rough, inning. rough inning. Yeah. So uh, I did not. I, guess, well, I did not actually see what happened. Okay. So, yeah. And that's so like what happened was a blooper fell between Marte and McCarthy, and Mar- Marte kind of backed off because he didn't want to get knocked over by McCarthy. Yeah, that makes sense. Escalating from that Philadelphia game, they let slip. Yeah, his his range long term is like I think. Can we really can we really count on uh Cattell at second base the next two, three we're gonna have to you know next next two seasons we're gonna have to. Yeah, he's under contract. Not necessarily um, because he's under contract, there's just no internal candidates. I wouldn't I mean honestly if you they, trade they, him, yeah, they, there's they no left. Your internal candidates yeah. went to Seattle. Yeah. Um I mean really your hope is that like Lawler or one of Lawler and Troy sticks at a shortstop, and then the other ends up second. I think, yeah, I'm confident one certainly. I think uh, right now, uh, Lawler's shown no sign. Like they haven't really played him other than that short. I don't think so. If you want to look at the long game, it's like Lawler short, Tommy Troy at third, and then you figure out who f- figure out second base between Yancel Luis and Christopher yeah. Torrin. Yeah, that make that actually does make a lot of sense. Like long term, that's a long game, and Mike Hazen might not be there when this infield comes to yeah. comes to fruition potentially. But yeah, that's that that's and we're talking about three of our top five prospects. On our yeah, list. You, we can't count on them all panning out. So I, I'm confident one of them will. Um, but I think that's something we're going to like. He, I think eventually uh, he'll if he stays with the Diamondbacks like through his whole contract extension. He'll probably be slid over to DH eventually. Make an argument that could do that as early as next year. Yeah, I'm that's what I would. Sure if that's what I necessarily going to handle that move particularly well. Yeah, I don't think he would necessarily. I do think that I, I my ideal version of next next year's infield we have uh, Perdomo at second, Lawler at short. Uh, I would have Cattell as your DH if he's up for it. Um, Certainly, that attracts some of his value, but I mean, if you're winning games, then it doesn't really matter. And he's hitting; it doesn't matter. Um, but it's something to think about. Like, is you know, as much as we talk about these guys, where are they going to play if we have a guy? You know, like your incumbent starter is an aging second baseman. That's not always like the the best to count on someone like that, as we've seen with uh, other great second basemen just falling off a cliff after a certain point in their. In their was career, Jace at least fall off point. When he got tackled, when he got tackled that time, or like on the, when he's thrown out in the playoffs, he was in an injury. 
So he bowled over, or he bowled someone else over. I forget, but I know he had an injury, and that's pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much when he fell off. Well, that was thirty-five. Um, so Utley is probably not the best example. Um, I'm trying to think of like, there's like two or three names I'm trying to think of. Let's uh, cancel out 2004. It was an play. So two, so a ten-year run, Chase Utley's ten-year peak was a uh, sixty WAR, and Chase Utley should. We're talking. And of course, Chase Utley is an exception because he should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. I I hate to say that Chase Utley. I used to hate him so much. How did he's just Chase like one of my most... never win a Gold Glove? I don't know. How? I mean, you go you go to Baseball Reference. Look at the fielding runs. It's like how did that guy not win a Gold Glove? He had thirty. It's like thirty-one runs above average in two thousand eight. He should have won the freaking MVP and the Gold Glove. The, the one guy that came to mind, I had, like I, was, I uh, accidentally the used the wrong. I used the long the wrong lock thing on my other my phone. That I used to look up stats. So I had to wait a second. Uh, Dustin Pedroia fell off a cliff at uh, thirty three, yeah, which is probably more closer to. I mean, he's not a switch hitter, but but like yeah, second second baseman. It just feels like they don't always eight. I mean, yeah, there's like we remember the Hall of Famers, but all the other guys that fall off a cliff, uh, you know, a certain age, like the O Dog, he Orlando Hudson fell off a cliff at a certain point. He was a fantastic second baseman the first 10 years of his career. And then, uh, I think it was like after he left the Diamondbacks, basically, uh, that was he's done. He's took. So, um, I, I don't know how well Cattell will age. It seems to be that's an issue with his range. I also, I think it's more of like a, a communication issue from the sound of like, he could have told, you know, like Marte could have well, communicated better much better this year. Than the yeah, last hopefully two it's not, we, don't, we don't have to worry about it next year. You know, hopefully it's not something to worry about. Um, yeah. As long as he stays dedicated to, you know, his fitness and health and conditioning, uh, yeah, we, we should be able to count on him as a player. I think, you know, it sh- we shouldn't be having the question of like, oh, we're still going to have to tell Marte at second base uh, next season or the season after or we're going to move him. Uh, that would be a nice problem to have if, you know, we have all these prospects playing out. We, we can, you know, First we slide him in there. A little bit defensively. There are worse defensive second basemen than him out there. Of course, none of them hit, yeah, none yeah. of them hit anywhere close to as good as he's hitting. Yeah, absolutely. It's true. Like he's, he's like, what we have right now is he's, there's not to knock on, like give him, you know, to be upset over like, okay, it was too like an inning, bad inning. Okay. Small sample size. Once again, um, getting right in back into the next is, uh, does that mean the Diamondbacks are like cooked off of this bad stretch? I don't think so. I think that they just had a, a rough month. It happens. Last twenty five games, they are seven and eighteen. That is a two eighty winning percentage, and unfortunately for this team, that's a that's a type of run they couldn't afford this year. Yeah, yeah, they can't. I uh, I don't think they're completely out of the conversation for the playoffs. They certainly are looking like they might be for the the NL West division title. I don't think that they uh, the division title really was decided a long time ago. Yeah, the they hold, when the D backs basically free fell. That's pretty much when it happened. Sorry, no, the Mets uh, kind of the beginning of the end. Yeah. There were 50. And yeah, it really was. Five going into that. And then since then, they have only won seven. They've won seven games. And it's the Mets. They let, they let the Mets do that. 
How could you let the Mets do that to you, D-backs? They're the Mets. They're they're terrible even, this year. The Mets still sold. Everything. Yeah. Except everything that's, except that's, I'm astounded, honestly, with this deadline. Um, I'm going to have to put out my reaction to it later this week of all the, all the deadline moves if I can. Um, I was going to say, despite what's going on here, the D-backs are still only a game out of the wild card spot. The problem is yeah. Chicago and San Diego are creeping in. Yeah, the there's too many teams us. now in the mix. When it was before, when it was like the, it, it was less competitive the first few months of the season, the wild card race. I mean, the Diamondbacks were running away with it. Now, the, all the, like, they have multiple uh, divisions now with teams that, like, were not competitive earlier on uh, now in the mix for that. And it's making me it's a bit really tough schedule coming up. This, yes. uh, that's what, that's the real question. Is they look like they're going to have a real hard time facing some even harder teams. Yeah, we're going to have to become Dodger fans this weekend, which makes me feel dirty. We're rooting against San Diego, not for the Dodgers, by the way. We're rooting <laughs> against the Padres. Yeah, <clears throat> the Padres, and I, I'm a little not, it's like the Dodgers confused by them. But they need to break them. It's like, come on, The Dodgers, Giants have been surging to do some extent, now. too. Um, I don't think the Giants are really in the mix, but like Padres... We kind of saw this coming with the Padres of Dodgers. They had injuries earlier on. All those guys that have been out the first, you know, two, three months, the, the first couple months of the season, they're coming back from the injured list now. Um, that's there. Some, some cases don't really need to, like, you know, make the trades for reinforcements when your reinforcements are already on your roster and your team. Oh, you mean the Dodgers? They still swung a trade for starting pitching with Lance Lynn. He pitched pretty well in his <laughs> debut. Six scores. Uh, it's Lance Lynn, three, though. Three home runs, but uh, he'll take three home runs, solo homers, and seven innings. Oh, yeah. He we took that with Fott against Cincinnati. It's like, oh, Bandbox, three solo homers. The team scored two runs for the entire game. I don't know. That's how I viewed it. Might have viewed differently with the fan base. Yeah, I mean, I would much rather have, like, some, you know, solo home runs. You know, okay, you get you might give up a run here or there, but the real question is if the offense if it isn't going to show up, then that hurts you. Yeah, like as we know, like the Diamondbacks' like, offense didn't show up after the first inning. So and there are the legitimate concerns about this lineup. Oh like, yeah, Jordan Carroll won Rookie of the Year, but it's pretty clear he's hit a rookie wall. Batting average yeah, I think so. His batting average has dropped down to two seventy five. It was pushing two ninety just a week ago. This is the most games he's played. I don't think people realize that. He includes spring training. This is the longest season of Corbin Carroll's career. Well, how many games did he play last year? Um, he might. He's nearing that number if he had been. That's really my point. It's like you've got to understand more major league games. Well, I mean, I'm just saying in general in terms of spring training plus major league games. Um. And the fact that he, you know, was had a layoff of like the year. So he played 123 uh, games between the major leagues and the minors last year. He's going to play 150 this year if he's healthy. If he oh, break yeah. Down. And I think he's he's getting near that point. If you include spring training, I don't know how many games he was put in during spring last year compared to last year. He'll probably play about 20, 30 more games than he than he did. This is my, my real point is that. Uh, one of the real things that happens with rookies is one is this is this the you know, major league season is longer than a minor league season by 12 games, at least in triple a. And I think it's 30 
30 something games in double a, like they have a staggered point now uh, with the number of games they have in each season. Um, rookies will run into that where it's like, okay, you're in the physical, the physical wall. It's nothing to do with your talent, your ability. You just hit the wall physically. That happens a lot. I don't think that's really what's happening. I think it's just that uh, you get enough looks, you know, from, uh, from major leaguers, they kind of have a, you know, they start putting together a little, you know, game plan to address you. And, you know, Corbin is going to have to adjust to that game plan the way he's being attacked. So, yeah, I don't think he's going to put himself back in MVP contention uh, the next day. No, uh, there's nobody on the Dimebacks that's even in the conversation for MVP at this point. That's next season. That's next Starting season, next I think. Season, that, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I it's it's one of those things we got to hope that Corbin doesn't fall off too much. Yeah, and the thing going forward in the season, he's already at four WAR and on pace for six. Although, yeah. if he starts falling off, obviously now we're not talking about the greatest rookie season D backs history. That's the only narrative. I mean, he's pretty much got rookie of the year sewn up unless he gets injured. Who has had a better rookie season than that? Goldie. Um, I'm gonna pull it up on Fangraphs, but Webb. Webb. Oh uh, yeah, Webb. Webb's the only one. Doesn't count. He's a pitcher. You know that doesn't count, okay, Michael. We can do rookie. Okay. Well, I, I don't have my stat head subscription. Anymore. We pulled this up before at one point, and I forget who it was that we did. We we were like the most valuable rookie season by time back. And I think it's, uh, I know it's Webb. Webb has like the highest war for, for a yeah, D back player and a rookie. Carol's at I'm four right now. Who would, who would be, what was, what was Goldie's first season? <laughs> that's that would be, not that Goldie's rookie. Goldie was at one. Well, that's because his rookie year was two months. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's not a fair comparison. I'm trying to think Gold, of guys that year two. Goldie was at four three. Baseball Reference War. Maybe Justin Upton. I don't think Upton was this good as a rookie. I don't remember him having his rookie who only had a two month rookie season. I think. Well, okay, so fair comparison. Well, actually, you'd have to look at the first to really fairly compare them. Like, look at this the first number of games. You know. And then the eligibility was exhausted in 2007. That's why I like the new rules because of shit like that is where it's like, Oh, let's, let's manipulate his service time and do all this stuff uh, to the, the player. Backs, and then like, that's why they, you they don't have them a... up literally as soon as possible. I, I don't think there was any service. Yeah, they time did. Manipulation they called him up too soon. I disagree with the service manipulation. Yeah. He was, he flew. He, he's a bad example. Upton flew through the system, 43 games. J.B. Bukowskis is what really... you want. They wasted his bullets in Reno. Yeah, they did. They really did. Um, they did. His Upton's got... first real, like, full season, 138 games. Although he wasn't. He played 43, 108, then 138. So he... Dramatically, he got up to a 4.9 season. So, like, it really does not even compare. I'm trying to think who would Upton's best fall season in that. Was five, five. And that's a number that Carroll can easily beat every year. Five, five. Oh, yeah. He he can beat the one of the best seasons. I okay, mean, the five, one two. season. Five, I would Upton's imagine Luis, five, Gonz- five. Luis Gonzalez is 01. Uh, I'm sure that season is, like, the best offensive season of all time by a Dimebacks player. Um, that is the one that I wonder best is eight, eight. Obviously nobody's going into RJ territory because nobody throws that many innings anymore. Gonzo's best season seven, nine. I could see Carol having a, be- a year better than that. 
Yeah. I can't. Um, I maybe like a ten percent chance, but Carroll's not hitting fifty-seven homers. His defense no, isn't yeah, that, that much better than Gonzo, even though he's much faster. Yeah, that's kind of amazing that there's not that much improvement over Gonzalez compared to Carroll, just because Luis Gonzalez kind of had a new arm. Player in D-backs history when all said and done. I think so. That's uh, not a hard he's going to be with us. Be too difficult to bar the pass. No one's had a run long enough to do it. Okay, let's give him eight years. Well, let's compare eight years. So he'll have the chance. His goalie was here for eight, uh, seven full seasons. Gonzo was here for eight. Oh, Goldie's first two seasons were 0.6 F war, 2.8 F war, and then a six. Uh, his breakout really was. 2013 and then later on the 7.2 is his best season as a diamondback i'm sure he can outdo any of that but no really no players had a long like position players had been with the team long enough to really set records like that i still contend that paul goldschmidt's the best position player in d-backs history probably i can't think of anyone that really like would out like no one was really with the team like had that long of a run with the team i mean he spent goldies i 56, a 57 F war. And then if you look at. Goldie is certainly the best player 61. ever developed by the Diamondbacks in career. Like give me yeah. a better player, a player who's had a better career that was signed and drafted by the Diamondbacks and debuted with that. I don't think there's, I mean, yeah, we have a short history. We may have uh, like to web years. Maybe. I mean, we might, we might, there are a lot of, actually a lot of players that you would never like you for, we forget like, uh, Carol could be that guy. Yeah. Carol was sort he certainly could be that guy. Um, so going to the rest of the team, being back to, uh, like our few, the chances for the rest of the season, like, do you think their playoff chances are cooked? What are your, what do you think the playoff, at least getting a wild card spot? Their playoff odds are down to like 30, 30, 33%. It's like, it's not a week ago. You would say their playoff odds were maybe a coin flip. Yeah, I was coin flip. But the problem is they can't break this uh, problem. They can't score runs because their rookie of the year candidate is having is a, your best player is a rookie. That's and he's yeah. hitting the rookie wall right now. Yeah. Your second best player can be streaky on defense. Yeah, that's true. And then uh, Gallon's kind of in a phase where he's serving up home runs at inopportune time. Well, there's never an opportune time for a home run, but Gallon's kind of in that weird mode where he just gives up home runs at literally the worst time. Last really was, does. And he's been a lot more hittable of late, and that kind of worries me a bit. Yeah, he's moved away from that kind of ace, like, you know, before, earlier, like, earlier. Uh, it's like, we, he looked like an ace through the All-Star break, and then his three post, yeah. post-All-Star game. Four all-star game starts, he's looked average. Yeah, I agree. That's pretty much what my point was about to make was is that he's looked kind of not the same pitcher since the all-star take, break. I wonder if something's going a on there. Stretch from Randy Johnson and make him look like the worst thing ever. So don't put, don't get too. I don't know that if we exclude like the the last time around with RJ, um, and his original, uh, in his original uh stint with the team. Like, I don't think it's really that. I don't think I don't think that year. Uh, yeah, all I gotta say is Roger Clemens did not deserve that Cy Young award. Randy should have gotten it. He should have the record for Cy Young awards. He was robbed of it. He had a much better season, and it is like just 
a crime against baseball to have made Roger Clemens that like have the record for Cy Youngs. They really deserve to have his fifth one. Um, it been like six. I thought somebody has seven. I don't think so. I think Clemens has the most. Maybe Clemens maybe Kershaw, but that. Clemens has me... the most. Yeah, I would think. Yeah, I think he does. So seven. So yeah, it would have been tied. Clemens would have still had the record, but he would be tied with RJ. Yeah, they'd be tied. No, actually, no. Okay, so you take away one from Roger Clemens and give it to to Randy. It's just flipped around. Randy has five. Six. Roger, oh, they they, they have six. six. Okay, because RJ has five. Okay. Oh yeah, Ro- Ro- Roger Clemens did have seven. You're right. I mean, I forgot about the ninety-five. And forgot about one of them. Yeah, eighty-six, eighty-seven, ninety-one, ninety-seven, ninety-eight, two thousand one, and then two thousand four. We were talking about taking away the two thousand four one, giving it to Randy. So yeah, they would both have. He would have six, and Randy would find it amazing that the National the American League Cy Young Award winner was a Game Three starter in the World Series. Yeah, that is. Oh, that, I always thought that was. Ter- I always thought that was uh, kind of hilarious. But let's just say this: the Yankees game one starter in that series is in the Hall of Fame. Oh, Randy won at five. Yeah, so they both have six. You're right. I was I was thinking about he had four with the Diamondbacks. He should have yeah, had five with the Diamondbacks. And he should have had six. I forgot about the one with Seattle. My bad. Um, so getting into our next, uh, previewing today's game, uh, it's on in like two hours. So, uh, Fox the starter. Oh, I was going to, before we moved on, I was going to ask if you think, uh, but maybe we can save the 2024 talk for the off season. So yeah, let's get into that. Yeah. We, yeah. We have a whole off season to talk about a lot of stuff where we have nothing to talk about. So. Gotta save some stuff for later on. We can talk about our uh, what we think the team should do that they will never do. Stuff. Sign Atani. Sign Atani. Sign him. Ken. Kenny. I was thinking of He'll make you lots of money. He will be paid for himself, Kenny. Just sign him. Yeah. That's what the Dodgers are thinking, but I digress. All right. So today's yeah. game, we talked about Fought early on the show. He's today's starting pitcher. He'll enjoy, and Fott is a fly ball pitcher, so he'll enjoy pitching at AT&T Park. I think. So yeah, I think he'll have a, he'll he'll have a he much easier time there. Yeah, since they, moved, and since they moved him to the first base side of the rubber, he's been better. Now, obviously, better be, being uh, relative here. He was absolutely tr- crappy his first seven starts. Last two, he's been serviceable. Actually, no, that's not true. He had two decent starts back-to-back. Yeah, I think he's turning a corner as I really where I'm crossing my fingers that thought is turning a corner and this is a start of like a, a stretch of dominance. You know, what? I'm going to go so far out to not predict anything. I'm not going to predict that he'll be good or bad. I'm just hoping that this is him turning a corner and getting back to the picture that we were excited about a year ago. Yeah, the thing with thought, unfortunately, is his fastball is very easy to pick up and they're hit and they're very easy to hit. And that's kind of the situation mm. that hurts him here because he's given up seven home runs on the four-seamer this year. Uh, that's not good. That's not – and he's given – that's a lot of home runs for nine for nine career starts. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's a one large player, number so. for a small sample size. Yeah. His fastball has been mollywopped. Now, his sweeper has been has produced pretty decent results when he throws it, but it has been hammered when he misses with it. 
I think you know, three he just needs pitch, but they're only hitting one eighty eight against it. So if, he needs to just get, like do a better selection of pitches and kind of stick to the game plan. Less fastballs um, would be the game plan. Yeah, that that is the main game plan. Is like he needs to to kind of what they call pitching backwards. You know, back in the day where you, you use your your fastball as your uh, your off pitch. Just kind of like not what you normally would do. So, I mean, the main thing against lefties is the main thing is he doesn't really have a put put kind of the one thing that hurts Fah is the lack of a put away pitch against left handers. Based on his arsenal, I think he should be throwing curveballs for. I think he should be using his curveballs to jump ahead, and then his sweeper and change up his strikeout pitches while strategic. He's got to strategically locate his fastball against right handed pitchers. He can use that hitter. He can use that sinker a little bit if he can keep it down. Although I, yeah, that, I wonder I mean, that's, if you could use the changeup against righties too. If yeah, I'm, the- I'm. I re- I don't have a lot of input on that, just because I have not watched enough of his starts, uh, like the whole game. That's I'm planning on watching it today. Um, then I can give a little more input on that. But I, I agree with what you're saying in general. Like his curve, you're saying his changeup or his curve. I, sorry. I was saying utilize. He's got to mix it up a little bit more. So, like I said, maybe use his changeup yeah. more against right-handers. He's only thrown eight. Use the curve. He's using his curveball mostly against lefties, so that's a good sign. Sinker, obviously, a big platoon pitches. You're not going to see it against lefties, but you don't want to see it. And I think what you hinted at a previous episode, maybe learn a cutter. I don't know. That's up. That's up to yeah. Strom and Brandon fought to figure out bit, whether or not you should learn a cutter. Not us. There was one thing before we get close to wrapping this up is that I. Slade Jaconi's first strikeout uh, was in the most amazing way. And sure. uh, good job, Jose, for wearing a cup. That's exactly what he said. Yeah, like, good job. I love it. That's what, the best thing I've heard. Made my, that made my morning, reading that. Uh, yeah, I don't get why a catcher wouldn't wear a cup. It's pretty dumb. Chris Snyder will tell you that. Um, yeah. You can pull that up. Oh, it, is, uh, it is it is it is glorious. There it is. Oh. oh. Flex off the knob of the bat and Herrera catches it right in the waist. I think he caught it on the top of his cup. And the way he was bent, he could just corral the ball with his by bending over. That didn't so much look like it hit him in the in the, the groin. And you can tell it looked it like a hit- bat too. Because Wade would be in a lot wouldn't be would be in pain. Oh, yeah, that's uh, not fun. Even if getting hit, like and even ball, with the cup on, that, that hurt. If it hits his hands, that ball that ball deflects at a much slower speed. See, it looks like it it catches on the top of something, which I literally think is the top of the cup. So it didn't actually quite hit him in the groin. It hit him right above it, and it actually like looks like it kind of got like caught, he caught there. with his waistline. Just about. That's what I'm saying. There's like it's like I don't know what style he's wearing, but like that kind you can You're almost make feel. out. Like where it stops right there, it's between the catching, like his his chest guard and his yeah. cup. It looks like where it's, where he got caught, which is really interesting. I didn't see anyone else discussing that. Like they didn't actually. Still, that would hurt. That's gonna be like, around a lot of baseball shows today. I wonder if Jose like will be. Yeah, you gotta throw that on the on shorts. Make a short out of this because we need to react to this. I love it. And of course, poor Jose. I hope you're okay. Out. 
getting a strikeout two batters later. That was his last strikeout of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Not as many strikeouts as I would have liked uh, to see from Chaconi. I think that well, as I he mean, gets, considering uh, the fact he could only throw one pitch for a strike, I thought he did pretty well. Yeah. Oh, I'm just saying in general, I would like to see uh, Giants you know, more strikeouts. Giants that. figured him out in the fifth inning, and I feel like Torrey pulled him at the right time. It says that uh, Alexander is now uh, listed as the. Is that yeah? Scott Alex, I mean, sorry, Scott, Scott. Okay, so the Giants are doing an opener. Scott Alexander. This is yeah. Yeah, they're something. going with they're going Dan with Kepler a bullpen game. Another bullpen game, but we knew that coming in. Okay, so it was just. I mean, no, no real surprise there. Um, so hopefully, see the offense get started in this game. Uh, let's see some. Expects a bit of rush tripling. Maybe Alex Wood too. Know how yeah. they're going to do bolt pitching. Maybe the Giants try to throw a curveball at them, but I feel like the D backs should be able to hit them better. Whatever combination they come up with today, better than they did with uh, Logan Webb yesterday. Uh, yeah, Webb, Logan Webb's an underrated start, honestly. I would say um, Alex Cobb, too, but uh, they hit three homers against him. So, yeah, Alex Cobb, I, I they actually. Had any like traffic in front of those home runs, they would have put up big run. They would have put up a lot of runs. That's just a matter yeah. of getting the guys on base in front of those homers. Yeah, hopefully we see the offense kind of find their footing again. I'd love to see it. Hey, maybe my weird, the weird uh, small sample size bias that I have of the D-backs actually winning games that I watch will go back into the play today. So Basically, the D-backs um, need to score runs more than one round through the lineup. Was, yeah, uh, that would be nice. Tuesday they scored. They hit three solo homers in a six batter span. Uh, six batter span or seven, seven batter span. They hit three yeah. solo homers, and then yesterday they scored two runs in the first six batters and didn't do anything afterwards. I wonder if Jose is in the lineup today. Do you know? I doubt. Oh, they day game after a night game. Yeah, yeah. I would think. I would think not. But. Uh... Man, he's a gamer if he's, if he's starting today's game after that. Um, the D-backs have big problems really... behind, at the catcher position. Like I said, yeah, certainly. Moreno not Carson available. Kelly not doing much. Uh, Herrera is who he is. Yeah. And then uh, Moreno's not even close to coming back, it sounds like, because uh, he, he hasn't started swinging a bat yet. Yeah, that's certainly. Yeah, that's kind of what I know. We're not going to really be available for like another month, I think, another three, four weeks at least. He's still a ways away from coming back. Yeah. I mean, earliest time, time, I I would expect him. And I think they mismanaged the Moreno injury situation and made it much worse. Absolutely. Absolutely. He should have gone on, on the injured list like. A month before he did, from the sounds of it, if, you know, a couple of weeks at minimum. So mishandling there by the series, team. I think, for sure. Yeah, um, I would expect him back in September. I, I think brought, uh, I that was like a. I think it was a week before they actually put him on the IL. He went made it through the Cincinnati series before they placed him through. Yeah, he should have. He should have gone IL way before that. Um, Jack, I, it's like even Jack picked up. There was a possible injury just because he wasn't playing. Yeah, that's that we we just got, that's what I'm saying. That was a real thing that they should have uh it's mismanaging a catcher. Uh hopefully, you know, Moreno Moreno just needs like a probably like a month. I'm expecting September really before he's Will they back on the five hundred when he comes back? I don't know. I don't think so. Only I don't know. That's a, now. 
I don't I don't know. I don't know. They've got a lot of games within the division. There's a lot of road games during this month. Yeah. It's, so uh, it's definitely gonna be tricky, like I said. It's gonna be a rough stretch. Carson's future probably when we get closer to the end of the season. Potential future, like I said. I yeah, that's gonna be a real uh that's some questions there. I'm trying uh, to I think, think we know the any... answer. I just don't think it's a good time to talk about it now. No, not a good time to talk about that. We'll talk about that in the future. Um, now, the good news, obviously, if we go back to uh, today's start, Brandon fought his only start against the Giants, which was at Chase Field. He held them to one run in five innings. Had a long second oh, inning where he gave up a solo home to the Conforto and the Giants put traffic on the bases. We was able to strand them. And then because he only gave up one run, it ended up, it ended up turning into a win in the ninth inning when Guriel hit a walk-off single while Jack and I were arguing whether or not Torrey should have pinch ran for Walker after a leadoff walk. Okay. Yeah. No, I hopefully he can maintain that uh, dominance over the Giants. They start. I mean, uh, hopefully have better results even. Hopefully Who knows? Bull. Three pitches, four fought, throws his last one. Have to use at least yeah, three. Hopefully. And when I say at least three, that means three pitchers come out of the game. So the one, the only thing that we haven't really, uh, that I haven't talked about is the trades that the Max made. I love that they went out and got uh, Paul Seawall. Seawall's uh, really the only trade of significance, if you ask me. Yeah. A couple of rental pieces. I don't. You could say Jace Peterson because that was a trade that was opened up because of a decision, a tra- because of the Seawall trade. They kind of. Yeah. And I feel like Peterson's more to fill a hole in 2023 that. It's just short, short-term year, plugging of a hole. paying that salary down, so maybe not so worrisome. He'll probably have a similar 24 salary to what Rojas would have gotten. Yeah, pretty much. I, think Rojas I mean, offense, like 3-5. Offensively, overall, Pearson's below average. He is an asset defensively. Um, pretty much all of his value. His value, All his value this year comes from his defense. I was say, and base running. He's not bad. And base, and base running. He's not a bad base runner. I think it's like, it's, like you said... It was a downgrade, you know, because it's, yeah, it's downgrade, but you basically but we downgraded, downgraded, downgraded there to improve our bullpen, which I'm, I, and I know every other Diamondbacks fan is uh, good with. The best trade was actually trading away um, Chafin. That's addition by subtraction. Like you really yeah. like hit a wall. I don't know why any, any fan of the Brewers, you got traded to the Brewers, right? Um, well, I mean, it's like Chafin's stuff hasn't gotten worse. It's just he, for whatever reason, hittable. is having a weird season. Like, he's not... Very much. He's crushing left right-handed hitters, but he's can't get lefties out. And you know what? And it's like, you can't have... You can't pay someone $5 million to not get lefties out. Uh, so, I mean, I like I would have liked to see the Diamondbacks take more moves a than they did, but... To not get lefties out. For a short-term... Like, okay, let's do some, a few, like, upgrade the bullpen. That's one of the main things they needed to address. They needed to get a starter, but I think that's going to be something that will be happening in the offseason. We expect some moves there. We'll get into that later. But, I mean, overall, my grade's a B on the, the deadline. They did the best they could considering, like, how, like, it was basically just scraps. I mean, uh, uh, Heimer, Candelario. I would have actually knocked their grade down if they did overpay for a starting pitcher. Yeah. Rental. That was a great deal. You barely improve your. It's like you make you gave up assets to miss the playoffs by one or two fewer games. Yeah, 
I mean, you, it's already obvious this team is already this team is in a better place than it was a year ago. Oh, absolutely. Before I, the team, I, before all the trades, even before the trades, uh, after the trades, I think they're a little going to be a little bit better in twenty four. But like I said, Fam's not going to be there. Uh, yeah. Pearson will be there. Will be there, but I don't know how long. Oh, I forgot about Fam. Not a bad trade candidate, especially if yeah. Warner gets to the big leagues because Perdomo can slide into that role. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, he I may think be, that's the role he's going to slide into. I think so. I months. think. I think that next year uh, the Diamondbacks are much better position for like long term. I, I, I mean, they did the one thing. One of the two things we wanted them to do was, or three things, uh, was to go get. I mean, uh, besides an offensive upgrade and uh, starting pitching, was we needed a reliable guy that was signed for more than a season. Or the rest of this season. They need so, a controllable closer. They need a controllable yes. starter. The controllable starter was not available. Yeah, no, not at all. There's really no one available uh, that I really think they wouldn't have. Like, wouldn't start with giving up the like, you know, all the prospects that we've all been really excited about. Like, I, I would not I like. I would not be happy trading away Lawler. Asking about either. Yeah, Hazen and Thomas was one on the Wolf and Luke show mentioned. Alec Th- teams were asking for Alec Thomas, and for me. The- you're not trading That's a literal eyebrow raiser. You're legitimately improving your team for the next three years. Why? Yeah. Because Alec Thomas could legitimately improve the team by three years by just simply not being terrible against left-handed pitching and continuing yeah. to progress with the bat. Yeah, he's he's a guy that I really like. I have been a little disappointed in just how he's done offensively at the major league level. To there were some put it polite, to put it politely, Michael. Uh, but he's got tons of room for improvement. Like you can tell like he, some of it's just been just bad luck to some extent where it's just like, he's just getting just a little late on the pitch, you know, like it, it's just things like that, where it's like, you gotta be patient. I mean, that's why I was not really like, let's not mortgage the future for, you know, to make it happen this season when no one really had the expectation that the Diamondbacks would even make the playoffs this season. Much, much more palpable. The, Overpay for thirty starts than ten. Yeah, I mean, but I my like optimistic prediction was eighty-seven wins, which probably won't win there. the division, and we're not going to get there. Optimistic now. Yeah, eighty. I, 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 I like. I, the longer they're in this funk, but like I said, it doesn't really matter where they finish if they don't make the playoffs. If you ask me, it yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter where they finish because you're ban- you have to bank on. And making swing, he's got to make. So this is what I think: he's got to swing a big trade for the rotation, not for a rental, not for a expiring deal. Now, if that opens no. up, take the opportunity. But go after a guy like Dylan Cease. Go after uh, Mitch Keller. Go after Logan Gilbert. Although it's going to be harder to get Logan Gilbert because we, they can't pawn off Cattell Marte to the Mariners now. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I really, I think that's the move. Like it's really like the. Top of the list. Sign a Tani. That would solve all the problems. Just sign uh, Shohei Tani. Tani want to go east to the Colorado River, though. I, you know, it's really not that bad. Like Phoenix if is, wants to give Otani six hundred million dollars. I'm not going to say no. It's yeah, that's bad. the thing. That's my thing. Is this like Shohei? The only thing it's going to do is it costs money. Point. Obviously. What are you going to do when? One player takes half your payroll. 
That's the problem with Shohei. That's but the problem with signing Otani. He's like a he's like a player and a half. He's not just a player. Like if let's say he he nice, two can't pitch anymore. If he cannot pitch anymore, worst case scenario, guess what? On the planet. Best hitter on and the if planet. he can't hit anymore, he can still pitch. Like that's the way. Uh, like he's, he's gonna he's stop pitching of, before he stops hitting. Yeah, I think so. I think he actually may actually end up, you know, playing the outfield or something like that. He actually has the athleticism to do so. So in terms of like the money, the risk factor, uh, hey, it's not that for bad. Less than nine years, do it. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't see. Like if you gave, I mean, I get the reason why it's worth a hundred million dollars. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would I would do that one one season. <laughs> the Thebacks won't do that. That's their entire payroll. No. Oh, I know. I'm just saying the Diamondbacks double their payroll next season to sign Shohei Otani. So do it, Kenny. Please, please, Kenny. I call him. I call our owner Kenny because I don't respect him. Um, So I will refer him as or is his name Earl? Earl Ken Kendrick. Okay, Earl. Please sign Shohei Otani. It would make the fan base so happy. It'll make you lots of money. Like you'll make so much money. Like even if you sign him for six hundred million dollars, like the the actual team value will go up. Like I don't think like Japanese fans who have no idea who the Diamondbacks are. I've seen what the um, press box looks like when you Darvish starts. Uh yeah, I can tell you what it's like when Otani starts, or at least the attention playing home. The attention he gets is insane. Like literally, there were like classrooms in Japan that would have like they put his every single one of his starts on. Like they just stopped what they're doing to watch the guy pitch like that's how much interested in him like there's i think more people watched his starts in the world baseball classic than anything ever all right so anyways that's going to wrap it up for the show tonight make sure to follow both of us on twitter follow me at mike mcdmlb and you can follow wes at fire wesley and make sure to check us out. So written content i write for inside the dynamax where you can go to si.com si.com slash MLB slash Do not put the L in, in com. If you like and subscribe, I'll actually put an article out and you can go read it. Just like, you know, like and subscribe and I'll start putting written articles out again. Okay. Also, hit that subscribe button because it's my birthday and I told you to do it. It's like, hey, don't forget. the best present you can get me and it's free. All these things well, are free. Happy birthday, Michael. I hope you have a great day, and I hope the people who watch this have a great day, too. Yep. So make sure to tune in Dimebacks, 1245 p.m. Brandon Fott takes the mound. Thank you, everyone, for watching.